Welcome. Well, well, welcome, welcome. everybody. Welcome to welcome. the Comics Table, everybody. The We're Comics back. Table Podcast. We missed you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the nice feedback about our last episode. So happy to have you. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy now. You know, I was hanging out with our guest out in the hallway before we started recording, and now I feel happy. Gotta say, entered the building like a cranky little bitch. Yeah, you we had a mic today. Oh, I hate the mic. Patrick and I were cranky bitches with each other. We have the comics table mic we have on Thursdays at the V-Spot. You should come check it out. I'll never be there again. No, Patrick's quitting after today. Oh, my God. Everything's just a big pain in the ass with running an open mic. It's the messages. It's three hours of my week. I'm telling people, yeah, it's at this time. Come out. Come check it out. Try to be early. Bring exact change. And then it's just like, can I go early? I got a thing, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm now, I'm not being a comic right now. I'm organizing other people's lives. It sounds like life is really hard for a handsome white guy in, in our America of today. You know, I know I'm being whiny, but I am You're too t- busy. I'm just too busy for this bullshit. I got to decide what fits in my life and what doesn't. You know, you know it's hard though when you're when you're when you're beefing around with your uh, with your uh, comedy friends when you're beef queefing you're beef queefing yeah and and it's you know you know that you're fucking with them and they're fucking with you but sometimes you're like but wait is that real yeah, did they he really? mean that yeah did he mean that? yeah like we shit talked each other today yeah like during the like mic? you were a little bit honest with me today yeah and 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 we're like I had I was joking with Patrick and I was uh, joking about him. Doing his uh, sobriety jokes because he does do a, a fair number of those. Too many. And then he was joking about me uh, not writing mm-hmm. and and just complaining about my writing. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, you know, that was true. It cut deep. Did it cut deep? Cut deep. Cut deep. In it, but in a way that, you know, got to just fucking get with it, right? It's just frustrating. Everything's frustrating. Comedy's a big pain in the ass. Everything's a big pain in the ass. It's so fun. It's the best thing in the world when it's going good, right? Like, it's amazing what's going good. I mean, that's why we do it. That's why we do it for years and years in just for that taste. Just yeah. for that taste of a good show. Yeah. And then you'll go through like 10 others that uh, just fucking eating dick. Yeah. But like these last two weeks, I have a lot going on with other work, like real, like the work that pays my bills right. uh, is busy and I have to, I have to like double down on it to do it, to, to, you know, to do the do the job. My, and then, yeah, my day job is, uh, you know, technical and involved and, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's complicated, you know. Yeah. It doesn't leave a lot of time for thinking about uh, yuck yucks. Yeah. But then when it's time to go do yuck yucks, I'm not prepared because I haven't had time to get my shit together. And then I just hate everybody. Hey, Patrick. Including myself. I love you, man. And you. And you're good enough. You're smart enough. I love you, too. I like you very much. You're a pain in my ass. Everybody's a pain in my yeah, ass. Yeah, everybody's pain. You're you're already a grouchy eighty year old dude. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, all right. So anyway, this will be a of, really fun yeah. episode. Speaking of grouchy eighty year old dudes, no, <laughs> he's not eighty. <laughs> no, he's. I not. knew it. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the lead in, guys. Uh, <laughs> you may have been hearing a lot of sneezing and and dropping of headphones, and uh, it's a uh, it's the it's the excellent Jeffrey Paul oh, on the podcast. Jeffrey Paul, thank you, Jeffrey. Phil. What are you doing? Are you doing Sudoku over there? Yeah. <laughs> No, there's real numbers. He's got a notebook He's, on his lap. Oh, you're doing gambling. Are you gambling? Uh, not, not right now. Let me see. We, Can I see what you're that, writing on this notebook? Is that a ball of yarn? Are you knitting a sweater for the, your grandkids? This, this, I'm actually looking at numbers from a podcast that Kevin and Goatee and I do. Uh-huh. 
So I'm just like looking over that stuff. We do a, a podcast on gambling. Oh, on gambling. Because I see the, yes. the word black and then there's numbers underneath. I'm like, is that all the yeah. black get your, women Get your mouth up with? on there, Jeff. No. This is. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Lean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Lean into that mic, Jeff. Love him. We want to hear your NPR voice. Yeah. Staten Island NPR yes. in the house. Yes. You know, I listen to a lot of NPR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being a white male from Staten Island, that's a Republican. I listen to a lot of NPR. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you currently I, live in Staten Island I, right now? I currently live in Staten yeah. Island. Are you on right Highland now? Boulevard? No, I live uh, in Tottenville. I know which, a lot which, about is, which, is, which is really white, which is really uh, Republican, uh-huh. and I don't even think we're uh, legally allowed to get NPR. Right, right. They right. they block it out yeah. from that. Were, right, you, right. were you born and raised? I was born in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I lived okay. in Canarsie. Why um, the fuck would you go to Staten Island then? Because uh, I'm married, yeah. and my wife is a veterinarian who has a practice in Staten Island. Oh. Staten so Island we is are kind of really like nice. forced to live there. I mean, I used to before I was married. I used to live in the city. I used to live right around the corner from Broadway Comedy Club. Oh, oh wow! On West Fifty Fourth Street. And you left. And then and right. now you're and there. Now like you're there every, like night. every night. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. <laughs> That's pretty much there almost every night. Staten Island. I want to defend Staten Island. People shit on Staten Island. Oh, I it love is it. Like I love shit on Staten Island. There. Yeah, it's the, the the suburbs. It's nice. You I got the yard. You got the a time. house. Yeah, you go it there. Gets, you gets, actually only go poop in Staten Island. That's right. Yeah, I just take the ferry over. Mm-hmm. Have a nice ferry. Just unload like a week's worth of uh, fecal matter. Yeah, and then get back on the ferry. You know that ferry is underrated. People, it's a great ferry. It's great. Yeah. You get a nice look at the the Statue of Liberty. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's great. Do you take the ferry when you come in, or you drive? No, no every I day? drive all the time. It's, it just takes way too long. Have you guys ever did a show in Staten Island? Worked with you? No. Joe, Joe Romby? Yeah, he's booked me, but then for one reason or another, I haven't been able to do it. You should do it. He does. Yeah. Some, he does some pretty good shows out at the in, Bay Cafe, Saturday. right? Right, and it's, and you you would take the Staten Island uh, ferry over, and you can pretty much walk over to the place if it's on yeah. a nice day. All right, Jeff, we got to deal with something here. You're such a social guy. You're so you're so welcoming that you keep wow. turning toward us to talk to us and you're you're going off mic. So okay. put your chair this is what we're going to do. Put your chair so you can see us both. I got you. And nice. then I'm going to reorient this. Okay, and then unzi- unzip your pants. <laughs> we got to get you comfortable. <laughs> makes you think they're not unzipped already, buddy. <laughs> we got to get you comfortable. How's that? That's great. Yeah, that's good. I see now Tristan having a fucking panic attack about how your levels are <laughs> warbling around. Uh, but thank you so much. You know, much the for one thing us. we have going for this podcast is I care about the sound quality. That is true. Uh, do you care about having the correct computer with you? Who knows? No, never can. That, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the wrong equipment today. I'm throwing you right under the bus. Yeah, wrong equipment. Spent half an hour correcting that. A half an hour? Who's got the fucking time to piss away a half an hour? Hello. Apparently you do. We all do. Showing up with the you know, fucking what, wrong you know, computer. What do you, or, you know, you, you're a grinder, you know, uh, uh, Jeffrey, and you, uh, you know, if I may say, you know, I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, and, and, and that, 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 that I'm a grinder, right? Like, not on grinder, <laughs> right? Right. No, right. You're a I just want. I mean, I, yeah. I just want to be clear about that. No, you're a grinder. Right. You're kind of the human you, personification you grind, of, a, of a submarine Patrick, sandwich. You, you grind away. You you work hard. You're you're doing as many shows. As you're on the road sometimes. You're 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 at Broadway, like you said, every night. Um, you know, what's your work ethic like? Because I I have a lot of friends here who are you know they're doing it anywhere between I don't know like four to eight years. They're kind of in that level and. Uh, you know, some of them just uh, like we're supposed to be doing something that's fun and funny and you have a sense of humor about in order to do well. But the seriousness kind of overrides it to the point where it's almost like they're not enjoying themselves or 
or uh, they don't have time to like live life at all because they they're trying to grind and in, into you know doing the stand up thing and maybe that's the way to do it you know maybe maybe uh you know maybe that's the correct way but I, I'm wondering what's your what's your take on that you know what I I think I was lucky from like day one in my career doing this I've gotten advice from great people yeah uh Nate Bargatze the very first night I ever did uh, stand up it was at an open mic at Eastville wow Nate, Nate Bargatze was there him and Dave Smith. And then, huh. we, then we went out to uh, – it's not there anymore, but there was a place called Cabin, which we, all the yeah. comics oh, yeah, would go man. to. And we uh, went there, and it was because it was, was two-for-one drinks. Yeah. And Nate actually hooked me up with a spot that night, 10-minute spot. I had five minutes worth of material. And Wait, your first open mic? First open mic. And then the same night you did the Cabin show, which listeners – I didn't do is Cabin. A, I didn't oh, do okay, the Cabin gotcha. show. We, I did a different show. Gotcha. But, he, but he hooked me up with a spot. But we went out to Cabin, and he gave me a – like he became my mentor for yeah. a year until he moved. Wow, I didn't know that about yeah. you. Um, Dustin Chafin has given me tons of advice. And just comics who you meet along so the way. So what's the like, advice? Well, like, <laughs> I, 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 Mike Lawrence gave me a great piece of yeah. advice once. He was like, you don't have to work every single Saturday just for the sake of working every single Saturday. You need that little bit of balance. You need to have a little bit of, of a real life. And Dustin uh, was like, you know, he, one night I, uh, I'm doing a show. He's like, you just look miserable on stage. Mm. N- not one smile. On, you got to be enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you, you were saying that these guys are grinding, but they, they're not happy about it. If you're not happy doing uh, stand-up, don't do it. Yeah. You have to enjoy it. But then there's got to be like, yo, this is called show business for a reason. And you got to wear a business hat yeah. as well. So when you're not on stage during the day, you know, you should be kind of like either writing, you know, sending out your clip, making contacts, uh, auditioning for, for things outside of comedy. But I think what makes a good comedian is le- le- uh, leading an interesting life yeah. and, and having things to like write about that's multifaceted. As opposed to just like living in your own like little like cluster and just you know writing about these obscure things, so when you do go out onto the road, nobody has a fucking idea what you're what you're talking about. Right. I mean, you want to write as universal, I think, as possible. Yeah. I just want to zoom out for a moment and just set up who Jeff Paul is. Jeff, we've known you for a few years. We see you around all the time. Uh, you, this is not your first career. Uh, I don't, I don't know how old you are exactly, but you had a career working. Uh, for the NYPD, uh, you've worked as a school teacher. Uh, you started comedy. I think I overheard you say to someone uh, like 2010, 2011, right, something right. like that. Uh, and you're—I uh, don't even know if you talk about your age, but you're an older guy. You're, you're an adult. I'm an uh, adult. So I'm you've 50, lived I'm 50 this years life. old. You're 50. Okay. Uh, Staten Island and uh, fucking hysterical. I was Thanks, a, the first time I really got to know you. I was on a show at Broadway. Like ten of my family members came down to make the trip. My dad was there. It was very sweet of him to come. And uh, you headlined, and they quote some of your jokes to this day. Uh, That's cool. They, they loved you. Uh, Jeff's son you. hosted a bunch of shows that I was on. I've been on over time, and uh, my favorite bring-up line is, "Hey, hey, you guys, uh, seen Conan? Yeah, uh, you like you've, seen, you've seen Letterman." <laughs> Have you, uh, and and it like goes through the the late night shows like this guy. He's watched them all. <laughs> and he brings you up to that. That's you, fun. You know what? When someone doesn't that. have cr- credits, and, and I know <laughs> yeah. the shows that you're Which referring to, have, yeah. you'll, be, you'll be bringing up 12 comics, nobody has a credit. Right. Yeah. So how many times? Hey, the really funny guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many he, They times play here all the time. It? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Club favorite. Right. You know, clubs and colleges. You know, they, these are just generic things. I, I'd rather than, like know where you're from and right. I can say something. So every every once in a while, I'll throw that one line. No, in. that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, you make it a you, – you do that because you do – shows where you have to bring up people like that and you always come up with like an interesting uh way to bring them up that's like you know got a little bit of humor or something yeah. like to it 
Uh, but yeah, you're just like a lovable guy, very funny, and uh, we're glad you're here tonight. So I just I just want to say those few things so that people know I, uh, who we're listening to. I, I got to. in trouble with one of like those lovable lines. Okay, guy goes up and d- does a set you know, again. You know, doing like kind of like one of these bringer shows, and and, and he's just awful, yeah, I mean, terrible. I mean, and but prior to that, the comics were doing really w- well, and this guy really brought it down. Yeah, he gets off smattering of applause oh. at best. Oh. Okay, maybe the people who we brought, that was it. And now, like, I'm trying to get them back, and they're giving me nothing. I mean, now they're mad. Yeah, right. So, so, like, going to the microphone, I go, listen, guys. I go, if you don't loosen up and we don't have some fun, I'm bringing them back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he probably paid good money for the workshop guy, or whatever I came from Washington, D.C. to do oh, the show. You know, this, this was <laughs> the big show. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That th- that's the thing that's always a drag is, like, you get up there and you eat shit or whatever. You know, you're not prepared as a comic or whatever. And so then when I tease you about it, then then I'm the jerk off for, right. for doing that. And it's like right. – but you, you know, you you got up there and you just destroyed any energy in this room. Yeah, I got to do something. I got to acknowledge what you just did. Yeah. But then it's like, what the fuck, man? You know, like, yeah, that's. I I've hosted a bunch of bringer shows, and it's really weird when you start seeing the same people who sign up and and they don't pay money, but they essentially pay money in, in the sense that they have to drag out their friends right. and family to come, and it's like. You just you you just redid the same set I saw you do two months ago. I can tell you haven't been to an open mic between that show and this show. Right? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, the, it's the, it's the, insane. The comedy blockers. You were talking about uh, open mics. Yeah, and you you host a bunch of them. Right? Not not anymore. I host one right now, and I already want to quit. This is like <laughs> three weeks in. This is what annoys God me about it. open mics because sometimes like I'll like if I'm working on new stuff, I'll try and go to a mic where I don't know anybody. Nobody really knows me. And try and put in like some secret work, right? Yeah. yeah. And I hate like when you go there and you're doing five, six minutes, comic goes up, 90 seconds, two minutes into it. What else do you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, hey, Tristan, uh, wait, those new glasses? Yeah, it's like, like get like, off the like, fucking right. stage. It's like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to sit here and listen to this drivel. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you come, you come prepared, do yeah. some shit. Like, you, you waited all this time, and that's what you really came to talk about? That's right. what you're wasting time with? Right. I mean, I know you're, you're entitled because you paid your money to do your, your, your time, but, I mean, come on, man. Have yeah. a little, you know, a little preparation. Yeah. yeah. And and some would say have some respect for the art form. Well, how, how long uh, have you been doing this? Because uh, you said you're 50 now. I've been doing it. I used to write a lot. I used to write for other comics. Uh-huh. I decided, like you know, I, I used to do improv and I used to do, uh, I used to act. And uh, I in 2011, I decided, you know what, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going, I'm getting up, and no matter what, if I suck, I'm going to give myself three years. And if I don't see any improvement, I'm not getting booked on anything. That's it. Well, you know, three years isn't a long time. Yeah. But I started to see some progress and, and some stuff, and. I would say I've been able to do it on and off full time because, you know, this is a very up and down business. Yeah. Um, I've been able to kind of like even support myself for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a wise thing to do to uh, give yourself a, a certain amount of time. Like I, I told myself I'm going to try this for a year and then, yeah, like see if uh, – like if it's going horribly. Um, like basically I always tell comics – do an open mic fifty times before you really decide whether or not it's for you. You know, absolutely. Like, don't judge on the first same, one same, or two. Same thing with the joke. Yeah. You know, if the joke doesn't, you know, I did it three times, it didn't work. Well, maybe you're missing a beat. Maybe there's too many words in it. You know, yeah. there's, there's a million different things why a joke doesn't work. 
you know, I think of Seinfeld said, you got to do a joke at least 100 times to even make that decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes you're not ready to do a joke. Uh, real quick, before we move along too far, I do want to just bring up something you told me right before we started recording. Uh, you've been stabbed in your life. I was. I was stabbed in my arm. Uh, how did that happen? You mentioned that I worked in NYPD. I used to work for the Department of Probation. Uh-huh. Okay, and what I did was uh, I worked in the field services unit. You know, probation is like when you're you're sentenced, you've mm-hmm. committed a crime, you've been found guilty, and now the judge, in lieu of jail, sentences you to probation. Everybody's terms are different, so a lot of times these guys have to go see their probation officer, both out of sight, out of mind, as time grows by. But you don't have. You don't have the luxury to say, you know, I don't feel like showing up. Yeah. If you don't show up and you don't comply to your terms of uh, probation, you are con- technically considered a fugitive. Right. And I'd have to go out and get you. And the first couple of times. Which sounds a little like a bounty hunter. but A little bit. I, c- I can see the similarity. Yeah. Um, and also, I just want, how would you describe Jeff if you had to describe him? Like a bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a barrel-chested guy. You bench, you're bench pressing often, huh? Are you working to. out? I, I, I have to now. You look like you work out. I, I have to. But I, not I, weights? I, no, no, I've been doing. I fucking packed. I joined a fat camp. I did. <laughs> I I did a movie and I put on weight during the movie. I weighed myself after New Year's and it was the heaviest I ever weighed. So I joined a fat camp in Staten Island. Yes, a Staten Island fat camp must be so mean. No, it's just people like mean, come on, fatty, humiliating. It's me and like twelve obese women. Okay, so they all have like you know the roast beef arms. Uh-huh. Okay, and they say shit to me like. I was you once. <laughs> you know, you'll get there. You'll t- and we're doing burpees and we're doing planks and all this stuff. And, like, I'm winded after, like, you know, 40 seconds. And these women are just, like, go- going on. But they're great, man. They push me. I've lost 15 pounds since we started the, the new year. I mean, I'm getting, back in- I'm getting back into it. You look great, man. Yeah, well, yeah you, you look like you should be wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And a white T-shirt. Just, yeah, white yeah. T-shirt and just smashing some heads. Yeah. He's got stories about that. I, yeah. I, we we took a workshop together, and you were telling a story about, like, a, like a IROC. You used to drive an IROC or something. Uh, and I never drove an IROC. It was a, some kind of Camaro, maybe. It was no, a no. mall parking lot. Uh, it was about – your story was about, like, maybe you were just riffing about growing up in – was it – Oh, or, I know what story you're talking about. No, wait. Was it the story about like when my Grand Torino yeah. and and my my friends would have like a car and they, they you know we'd all pile into like you know remember when you're a teenager right one guy would have a car like seven of us would pile into a Grand Torino like looking to get laid we all have hard ons nobody would have have, have get a girl mm-hmm. and we'd wind back at, at my friend Snapper's house drinking beer smoking pot Snapper. and, and, and then, just bang uh, each other right? you know? <laughs> no, 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 then, then somebody would would, would come by because this is before cell phones like hey. I heard there are chicks behind the school. Everyone back in the Grand Torino. Yeah. You get there, two more guys. Now it's like you know the Walking Dead. Yeah. Now we got two more guys in our, on our crew, and then like maybe two girls will show up only because they wanted our beer. Right. You know, none of us would wind up getting laid. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just remember the details of that. I remember there was a band <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, Always wore band T-shirt. Still do. You yeah. know, you were taking us towards a stabbing, and now we've ah, just completely derailed well, that. I, I just want to paint a picture of this this, <laughs> this huge guy we got in the room. Not that big. I, I, you're an imposing guy. Like I feel like you could knock somebody around. You're so friendly and charming and funny. But if you had to, I feel like well, you could I really. Don't, I don't think crush don't a think, skull. I don't think you come off as imposing because you're Thank you're you. not like a. You don't come on like an opposing person is big and kind of dipshitty, you know, at the same time, mm. generally, or just like really stern, mm-hmm. like ser- like you don't come across as a serious person in any way. No, 
in, in like a good way. Because, I mean, obviously you're a comedian. That would be kind of antithetical to yeah, what so you're doing. Yeah, so how did you pull that off as a probation field officer? Well, it's, a, it's, did a, you, it's a completely different mindset. But also you got to remember these were people who dealt with difficult situations. And you have to have some type of compassion. Were you just but super it, polite to them all the, all the time? I, I was respectful. You were, yeah, I, was, I, I think, could see that. And I think I've always been respectful to everybody yeah. in every facet of my life. I mean, I'm sarcastic. I make jokes. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That's, I, sometimes that gets misinterpreted. But when you're dealing with these guys, as long as you kind of treat them with respect and give people information they were cool but at the same time they had to also realize you know you violated the law yeah and we had to go get you so i was beginning to say there's nothing more dangerous than a guy who knows he's going back to jail yeah that you know no matter how hard some of these guys act you get them one-on-one behind closed doors nobody wants to go to jail nobody right, wants yeah. to be told when to eat no one wants to be told what to shit no one wants to be told when to piss you know and you got 15 minutes to eat you know how much time you know no one likes their freedom taken away so one time I'm going to uh, get this guy, and I didn't realize he had a Phillips head screwdriver. Oh, Jesus. And he's taking the Phillips head screwdriver and trying to poke holes into my arm. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it at the time until we had the cuffs on him, and I'm, I'm putting him in the car. And somebody said, hey, your arm is bleeding. You know, I cleaned myself up. I needed one stitch. Did it myself. I was fine. Didn't Wait, you miss- stitched yourself? It's just like a butterfly stitch. You just kind of take the, the yeah, you know, just a regular stuff. butterfly. But, but with string and a needle, <laughs> no. you tied a knot in your. No, I or you had, mean a, band, you, you, a butterfly yeah, band? Yeah, 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 you just kind of like bring the skin together and kind of like heels. Okay, okay. So it was it was fine. I didn't miss any work or anything. But then, and and, and you don't because it happened so quick and you have so much adrenaline going through. It. Yeah. Like when you get into a fight, you know, um, you just don't. You just yeah, you don't, don't have, feel the punches. You don't until afterwards. Right, right. Yeah. So maybe like a day or so went by, and then I started to think about this, and I was like, what if like next time. It's like in my neck, or my, and I had a friend who was stabbed, like you know, by his chest, and almost, yeah. you know, okay. So I was like, I was seven and a half years in. I stayed about another year and a half, and I was like, I'm done. I'm go- I'm not going to do this anymore. And I went into teaching. Yeah, well, that was so wise of you to get out while you could. Uh, but so you've you've got a lot of excitement going on in life. Hold on, real, uh, one one quick question. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, can you help me fix a parking ticket? No, no, no one can help you. If they gave you a ticket, they want money. That's what this whole city's about now. Man, about I got screwed. Money. I got screwed over recently. I got I got four tickets, ninety five dollars each, for blocking a driveway, and I was not parked in a driveway at all. Did you take pictures? Well, that's the thing. You can't you can prove. Fight, you you can't it. prove it. I, I did fight. We well, can't prove you didn't move the car. Right. Like you can't. You can't prove you. Even if you take a picture. Like, how do you prove that? Like that was the picture of the car there at that time. You You're can't. Very prove rarely going to win. Yeah, but it's just bullshit because they can literally can get, come around and just be like, they can, you got it. But yeah. sometimes you can get the ticket reduced. Yeah. They're and, all crooks. And, and you just keep delaying it and delaying it as I long can't as possible. Aff- I can't afford that, that shit, though. I can't afford Like four tickets, 95, and towing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, and it was not parked. It was not. It was parked in a totally legal parking spot. Uh, there's there's a car parked there right now, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and now we're about to get towed. Yeah. Well. It was it was in, you know it was in Queens in front of like one of those Richie Rich house you know how these big houses in Queens like what uh, part of Queens like Astoria ah. some of those big yes. and then they call the cops on anybody parked in front of their house because it's like scumbag it's like fuck you this is a legal parking spot it's a, it's public street I don't want you blocking my gateway that sucks yeah that sucks man uh I'm sorry I'm getting an annoying text I forgot to leave money for the the venue where we host our mic and. Uh, I have to explain to this person that I'm sorry that I forgot. This is just more uh, the reason why Patrick I'm is... I'm done. This is so stupid. Wanna... This is so stupid <laughs> that this is even a thing I'm... It's my fault. It's 100% my fault. 
But like, this is so dumb. We we we've this we've been max distracted today with like me forgetting equipment, yeah. Patrick forgetting money. Yet, yet this has been a fascinating podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Only because of you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I'm sure the audience is interested in. The, yeah, they hey, want to know hey, the minutia. Hey, we, didn't, we didn't get our twenty bucks. Yet. Right, they want to know the minutia. We, we couldn't possibly wait. Well, to honestly, if I'm being honest, like I would love if we had like a larger audience of people to kind of like share whatever stuff you know, because I think we have some really interesting conversations with interesting people. But the reality is, I think a large majority of our audience is probably people that are also doing comedy. Yeah, and. I mean, that, that's not across the board. There's plenty of people out there I've talked to that don't exclusively do comedy that still enjoy Well, this episode, we're going to get a ton of listens from Staten Island. There we go, we, yeah. We've got the mayor of Staten Island here. Uh, I, have a, I have a Staten Island joke where I do like a, ah. a Staten Islandy voice. Let's hear it. It's, uh, I just talk about the expression break a leg. And I'm like, some guy from Staten Island came up with that one. He's like, hey, break a leg up there with some lacerations and contusions, all right? That, that, that's tremendous. That, that, <laughs> that's, that, that's good, clean stuff. Yeah. That's, Jeff, that's Jeff Paul approved, yeah. uh, that accent. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, we do have a lot of comics uh, listening, and you are the recipient of a pipe dream coming through. And I don't want spo- to reveal what, what's going on in your life because I'm curious where you think a good point to start the story is because – I loved so I saw you at QED a few weeks back, and uh, I've seen on Facebook you've, you've you've you were cast in this amazing movie, and it's a very exciting time for you. So we're talking about this movie, and you started telling me how it all came to pass. And my favorite part, I think, was the Kevin getting a phone call from Kevin Dombrowski. No, no, it wasn't okay. No, it wasn't that you told how, how do we? How, how would you this, start? You know, this is how it starts. Okay, about a year ago. Almost to the day, you know, beginning, uh, you know, the end of January, I had some time to kill, right? I got, I got, uh, I got asked to do this cable TV show, Staten Island cable TV show, but all, but also, but also as in the city and a couple of other outlets, right? Uh-huh. The show they start taping at eight, perfect, because I don't have to be at Broadway until eleven. Eight at night, it starts taping, right? And then I have to be because I didn't have any other sets lined up. Right, I can run run a set, beautiful. And what's the, the show is stand up? It's, 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 it's called the Johnny P Show, and he'll have like um like it's my, it's Johnny P who invented break a leg out there. No, let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. Johnny P is the epitome of break a leg out uh-huh. there because he has like all like the D level like soprano guys. He'll have all the mob wives on the show. They've all been on this show. Yeah. When I did it, I was there with uh, Gary Pastore, who also just got cast in this movie. He's been on the Sopranos and Vito Pacone from the Elegance. This is this is the show. It is okay. <laughs> Like like there's the show and then in the background there are women making sauce. Okay, uh-huh. this, this is this is the this is the show. This is Johnny P. This is his persona, and it's not an act. And it's okay? it's just about Italian Americans in Staten Island. It's not Island. about Italian Americans. It's just like he is he is Italian American. His yeah. name should be Pizza Lasagna. Uh-huh. Okay, he's the most Italian guy you're ever gonna meet. And this is and this is how he comes. He, and that's how he talks. And he has that voice. Yeah. And that's Johnny P. And what you see off stage is what you get on camera. So I do the show. That's it. My friends even busted my chops why I even did this show. And that's it, man. That is it. I never hear anything about it. But you did it. It like even, a five-minute set or something. I did, I, did like about, yeah. uh, I did like about eight minutes, and they edited it down to like I think like a TV uh, five. Yeah. Okay? Um, I don't even see it. So it on, airs in Staten Island, maybe certain pockets of New York City. Exactly, which is okay. important for the story. Okay. So now it's August, and what I would do is – Every every day during the summer, every week during Seven the summer. Seven months after. Right. August. Starting from June through August, 
every Tuesday I would go down to the Atlantic City Comedy Club and I would run new material. Okay? That's a fun club. And you helped me get in there, actually. Oh, cool. So we, um, I'm doing that. But this particular week, I have to go down on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I'm driving down, and I get a phone call from Gina Savage, who at the time was the manager of Broadway Comic Club. She no, West Side. West Side, right? Yeah. And she's like, hey, uh, Jeff, um, Ellen Lewis from Ellen Lewis Casting okay, uh, has been trying to get in touch with you. Uh, they're interested in you for this new Martin Scorsese movie. They've been calling all the comedy clubs. <laughs> they're the calling all the comedy clubs is my favorite part because it's so hard to get cast in anything. It's so rare that anybody's interested in you. And, that they and the fact the that she was, she was calling multiple clubs. And, that, and that's what made me suspicious. So now I'm thinking this is either Andrew Lee or Kevin Goatee, uh-huh. one of these dicks uh-huh. who, who, who's playing a prank on me because both these guys love to do this shit. Yeah. Okay? I think it is 100% fake. Now, this is where the uh, Dombrowski ref, you know, Kevin is, is on. He does a bunch of commercials. He's been in. Uh, on the, he's opener. On, yeah, he does the uh, SMY commercials. I'm like, Kevin, is there really an, uh, an Ellen Lewis casting? And the Scorsese have a new movie coming out. And this is, I'm continuing to drive down to AC. He calls me back 10 minutes later. He's like, dude, pull over to the side of the road. Mm-hmm. This is 100% legit. I find the rest stop. I call. Okay. It's close to 7 o'clock. She's not there. No one's yeah. there. I leave a message. I'm like, if they're, if they're legit, if they're really interested, they'll call me back in the morning. But I'll call them back at some point. Yeah. Okay? I grab a cup of coffee the next morning. This is around 10 o'clock. I get a phone call from Ellen Lewis's uh, office. Uh-huh. Hey, Jeff, um, we would love for you to come down and read for this new Martin Scorsese movie. Are you interested? No, no, no. I, no because because I have to do Joe Romby's room you know, for four people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can make some time. All right. So I have, I have an agency that, that was representing me. And I was like, um, hey, guys, can you, you know, this is what's up. So like, we, we already have a relationship with Ellen. Um, we'll get the script. I get the script. Um, on a uh, Friday morning, and uh, if you, I had to, had to learn these lines because I think I had my audition on Monday. Yeah. If you want to like make be confident, you want to run lines, run it with comics because I had shows all weekend. Yeah. And I was running it with with various comics. If you do it weird, yeah. if you say something funny, if it sucks, they will rip you apart. Mm-hmm. I felt pretty good. Yeah. You know, you know, at spending weekend running these lines sure. with with the comics. I go in for the audition, not even nervous, man. Yeah. Not nervous at all. And and I, at this point, you've done lots of auditions because you, you have this other – is this agency that reps you a commercial agent? Co- commercial, yeah. I mean, I had been cast in uh, – in a Ford commercial, I've done a couple of like you know non-union stuff, yeah. which you know, which was kind of like easier. But this, not not to this level, yeah, and not to someone like Ellen Lewis who who's casted Forrest Gump and she just casted this the movie The Post that's out now. So she's like real big time, yeah. And and she don't even have the final say. Scorsese has the final say. He's the director of the movie. So I've heard of him. Yeah, he's kind of famous. So well, I, let's I, pause for a second. Did you grow up watching Scorsese films? Course, my favorite movie is uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, you know half of it was filmed on Staten Island. Every yeah. time I watch a movie, though, I'm like, uh, and they and they're in the jail. I'm like, I need to order some Italian food right. Now. <laughs> it looked pretty good, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Come on, Tristan, we're gonna have some sandwiches. Mm. I'm, my mouth is watering right now just talking about it. You know, one time I uh, I made love while the movie Goodfellas was on. And I pulled out, and uh, I kind of fell on top of her, mm-hmm. and my my uh, my equipment was pointed northbound, and uh, I shot a load into my own armpit. 
That's while Goodfellas was on. <laughs> that can't be true. It's one hundred percent true. It's an unforgettable oh. sensation to have a Harry Pitt just saturated. Hey, how, how old were you? This was uh, the summer after sophomore year of college. So I okay, was, I was twenty. Okay, twenty is when you can still shoot a load. In yeah, it was real pressurized. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, I, I think I was as uptight as I am now, uh-huh. except it had like kind of like a positive result. Right. On, on coming. Like a Peter North effect. That's a, that was a really great addition. Uh, Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we interrupted that yeah. for that story. <laughs> well, we're all talking about what Scorsese means to us. Yeah. So. May, for no, you, that, it's that, coming that in your, in you your armpit. Your, you yeah. came in your armpit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so you're, so. <laughs> So Monday comes. It's audition day. I, I audition. What if your favorite movie was Casino? <laughs> what if that was your favorite? What about it? Everybody says that's like the ripoff of Goodfellas. Yeah, ripoff like of Goodfellas. It, it's it's filmed in the same style. Because you look at uh, Goodfellas, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street. It's the same thing. You know, with with, with the flashbacks, the narrative, yeah. the fla- the fa- breaking the fourth wall. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I, Joe, I, I, the Joe Pesci death is so much more brutal in the in, in casino? casino. Yeah, one of the hardest scenes to watch. So yeah. hard, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have a hard time getting past that one. That's that's your. Uh... Well, did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, with, with him and his brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so fucking. But he deserved it though. Yeah, but no, I, don't know if, I don't know if anybody deserves he was to die a like that. Cannon that needed I mean, they, to be killed his, in. they killed his brother to, to oh, yeah. prove a point. Right, like in yeah. front of him before, like, well, you're going to get this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, oh, that was so a r- awful. Rough one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Well, I mean, I think sometimes we have to just do what we got to do to keep people in line. Are you, did you kill somebody <laughs> with a bat after coming in your armpit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pa- pa- Patrick is really the imposing one. He's, he's right. You got to yeah, watch right. out for him. Sometimes right. you have to murder people. <laughs> Yeah, so so I I have to audition for the for the film, right? Yeah. So I go in an audition, but like I'm not nervous, and I I uh, do the lines, and you know I, I I kept I kept going after like the scene, um, which J- you know Jason Solomon. Yeah, we had him on. He yeah. talked about he he talked to us about this about having extra things to add in. Yeah, he you know he had get, given me that piece of advice once. And I, re- I remember him saying, if they don't say cut, you keep going. And I improved uh, with her, which also is, is going to come back later. You know, it's kind of important, right? So, 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 so what, what, what can you give us a sample? Like, what would that, what would that look like? Like, so you are. So the, line, so the scene yeah. I was, the character I was reading for was a guy named Johnny yeah. who introduces Frank Sheridan, which is played by De Niro, to Skinny Razor, which is played by Bobby Cannavale. Okay. I love it's, that it's, guy. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's one scene, small scene, and I'm introducing them so they can kind of make a connection. All right, I I do it, and then she kept uh, talking, so I kept riffing with it, and then afterwards she stops, and we, we maybe run do it like another minute past what the scene was. And there's a video be. camera in the room recording they're, everything. They're, they're videoing everything. They interview you before they get your character yeah. uh, off of uh, camera, and then how you make the transition on uh, the camera. She puts her finger on my face and goes, "Excellent, excellent, excellent." Hey, um, I could see you as a teamster. It's a little bit bigger role. Would you be interested? Yeah, of course. He goes, okay, take about 15, 20 minutes, learn these lines. I learn it. Now, now this is where I start to get nervous. Because you didn't get I'm to not, run it. I'm yeah. not as, as prepared. And also, when, when I start to pretend to be acting, that's when I'm brutal. Right. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I do like a lot of long pauses. Uh-huh. You know, like, you know, and, and I can make it more dramatic. And, she, and so I start, and she goes, stop. Don't do it like that. Yeah. Do it just the way you just did it. Yeah. More natural. And I did. And, you know, she goes, okay, great. I thought you were great. Uh, so I go, do I have the part? She goes, well, and she goes, uh, Mr. Scorsese is going to have something to do with that. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, give us about two and a half, three weeks. 
This is the end of, you know, this is the beginning of, of September. Yeah. Nothing. Uh. October, nothing. Now I'm calling my agent. I'm like, hey, are they passing on this? He's like, he gets back to me. He goes like, no, they loved you, um, but they're just not ready to shoot yet. You know, you know, like those things. Yeah. Okay. End of October, November, nothing. And I'm getting really you know, nervous because like, I'm seeing like all these guys get cast as extras. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, at least I'll, I'll, I take an extra. I'd love to just be part of the movie. Nothing. Come back uh, Thanksgiving. Had a miserable Thanksgiving weekend. I'm in a bad mood, and I text uh, amazing all in capitals because you know when you're writing capitals, that really means some shit. Yeah. I'm like, hey, is this going to happen or not? Okay, this is ridiculous. A couple hours later, call me ASAP. They're like, they're, they're willing to make it. They're, they're making an offer now. Wow. Okay. Uh, can you be available the month of December? Why did it take you to write? Why did it take you writing all caps? To, to get yeah. get back to you. Yeah, right. Because I had a bad Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, what happened at Thanksgiving? My, my, I want to know about my this. My Thanksgiving was ruined. What happened? What it's happened? a long story. No, but like, why, why do you think, why do you think, do you think it, no. it, it, it was just I, coincidental? It, 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 was, it was just the time because he kept telling me it's probably going to be December. Mm-hmm. And, and he said it, it doesn't happen overnight. I, listen, I've never been cast in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what ha- so what happens is they make the they make the uh, contract uh, offer on Monday. By Wednesday, I officially get the contract. We sign it. I have I get a great deal. You know, um, they gave me a trailer. You know, that you know some perks. Really nice. Yeah, because this isn't. You know, I've I've done extra work on sets. You're not just a background actor. You're background in guy. scenes. I'm in scenes. Like 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 when they call in like the B team to do like all like the the the, the grunt work and standing around, and then A team we're ready to film. I come in with like Pacino yeah. and De Niro. Yeah, I come in with those guys. And you've you've been on probably at this point plenty of sets where you're you're just, you're out I, in the I, cold. You're I'm not shit. No one's treating me nice. Yeah, here everyone like I have a PA. You everyone, got to go to the nice food tent because there's always two you, food tents. There's the background some, actors. There's a guy and, who knows. Yeah, and that's just exactly. like it's just fucking uh, granola bars and granola like, bar. old sandwiches. But you, sometimes they'll give you like uh, scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. But when you go to the SAG and you're 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 uh, a cast member, like eggs Benedict yeah. omelets. I mean, oh, hell yeah, right. It, it, it was it was a different world. Yeah. So, were you all cleaned up for this role? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be basically unrecognizable. Yeah, cut my hair like co- almost completely off. I mean, it's really, really short. It's all duded up for like I look like a '50s guy. Yeah. You know, no, no facial hair, nothing. Um, so I get the I get the contract on Wednesday, Friday. I'm in a, at a Kaufman Studio in, in Astoria, you know, taking pictures, doing all type of stuff. You know, starting then, then the next week. I am in uh, the Bronx shooting two scenes. That's the picture you saw me with Mick the Flow. Yeah, and then I'm ba- and then I was back in in uh, Williamsburg. There's a big army, huge army. It's like a couple of city blocks, and there inside, that's a sound studio. And that's when I was, I did this uh, scene with uh, Pacino and De Niro. But what was funny about did you that, act with Bobby Cannavale, or that was the no, other character? no, that was that would have been a different scene. It, yeah. it, it would have been a cool scene, yeah. but have only been one scene. Right. Here, I'm, I was shot four scenes. And one, this was this was like surreal. Um, where they call us onto the set, uh, the first AD who who shot like the a scene previously with us uh, goes, you know, uh, uh, Martin would like to see you, know, you guys. You know, it's like me and two other guys. Yeah, how much interaction are you having with Mar- Marty? Well, the first the, f- the first day, you know, first couple of days, <laughs> n- nothing. But for these two scenes, he wants to have a meeting with us. Yeah. Okay. And like he knows who I am, he knows my name. Uh, he's like, "Hey Jeff, 
Like, oh, now, now oh, that's enough anyway, right? Yeah. Like, hey, Jeff, he goes, you're really fucked up this time, and Al's going to let you know it. This is how he preps you for the scene. He's like the characters, right? Yeah. He's like, but but that's how he starts. He yeah. goes, "You're really fucked up this time." And Martin's, uh, and he goes, "Al's gonna um, really let you have Meaning it." Meaning Al Pacino, exactly. Yeah. This is who we're talking about. <laughs> but hey, hey, Al. And you, know? you I mean, yeah, so, you know how it so is. So let's talk about Pacino. I mean, I assume you know Godfather was was the Godfather a big part of your life growing up? Of course it was. But but when but when you're acting with him, I didn't see the Godfather because he's yeah. he's 77 years old. Yeah. I saw more the uh, Devil's Advocate Al Pacino. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he's like he's really gonna lay into you. And just he goes he goes it's gonna be pretty intense. And I just want to let you know. Okay. I'm like oh thanks. And I'm sitting there. I'm kind of sitting like the way you are, very relaxed. He goes, you look a little too casual for me. I gotta say. I go Marty, don't worry about it. I got this. <laughs> So now we, we, we do the scene, and we, did, we ran this scene for a couple of days. Yeah. Okay? I mean, it's an intense scene. It's a scene where you know, my character and a couple we, – we really fucked up on the job. And now you know, Jimmy Hoffa, it's about the, the mob hit on Jimmy Hoffa. Does Pacino mm-hmm. play Jimmy Hoffa? He plays J- Jimmy Hoffa, and he's in full costume, you know, uh-huh. cat hair, makeup, everything. Okay? Um, and he's like, you know, this is the scene where Bobby Kennedy is really giving uh, Jimmy Hoffa the business, and now Hoffa's in danger of going to jail. Okay, and he gets off the phone. That's how the scene starts, and he really lays. I mean, he's spitting on me. Yeah. Okay, and this is two days. You dumb motherfucker! You worthless piece of shit! I'm gonna go to jail. Do you want me to go? I mean, it's 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 intense. So you're in a scene, or are you are you supposed to be like I'm a tough guy, or like I'm I'm a, a, I'm, I'm, I'm petrified? A, I'm a I'm a union delegate. Yeah. Okay, who got bumped up. I'm a, I'm a teamster who got bumped up to human, uh, union delegate. Real so, quick, are there any NDAs that you sign? That like, are you allowed to tell us these details about the film? I didn't sign anything. <laughs> okay. I don't think. I, <laughs> I mean, I, listen, you, you get in, you sign this shit, and you, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so we, we, we're doing this, and um, I'm just like, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've done, I've done improv, so I'm, I, I wouldn't consider myself a, an actor of any sorts. So when you're in that moment where you're like. Getting screamed you're at. You're getting screamed at by Al Pacino. Like, I'm just curious, A, what's going through your mind with all that? But also, B, like, you know, in the in the actual act of acting, you know, are you are you just behaving naturally? How you're you would, listening. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that people tell you about acting, yeah. acting is reacting. Yeah. And, like, you're not thinking about your lines. You're not thinking about anything else. ISIS could have been, you know, committing mayhem <laughs> outside. I wouldn't have known anything. Right. All I was focused on was... You know, what if I was a kid and I got in trouble and I'm in the principal's office and now I'm getting yelled at? Yeah. yeah that's what this is. I, gotcha. I, mean, I fucked up someone who did something good for me. And it, it's pretty easy to kind of react when Al Pacino's feeding your lines. Yeah. Okay. And, and you have to react off of And him. is he shooting or are they shooting to camera? Like, they're you- shooting. Well, they're, they're shooting from every. That's why it takes so long. They're shooting from every different angle. But single camera, though. So they're moving the camera in they're between moving, takes. They're moving the camera. And, gotcha. and on this set. It wasn't just the camera. It was a computer because Pacino, Pesci, and De Niro are all aged in this movie. This movie spans 30 years. Gotcha. Okay? So Pacino, 77, in the scene that we're shooting, he's going to look like he's 44 because that's how wow. old um, uh, uh, Hoffa was you know, in 1961. Are they doing makeup for that or are they CG in it? CGI. Wow. But think Benjamin Buttons but only much more advanced. Yeah. Does he have like little like like computer <laughs> chips on his l- face l- l- and little shit? green uh, chips? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yes. I can't wait to see it. So it's probably going to be a couple of years before it comes out. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, 
Scorsese was saying he would like for it to be released in theaters uh, for a two-week limited run at the end of 2018, so it's eligible for the Oscars. Yeah. But they're looking at a widespread release what in 2019. You, like, like, I can't imagine going to Broadway Comedy Club on the 11 p.m. late night show and somebody, some MC fucking brings Jeff Paul up to the stage as... You can see him in the Oscar award-winning film, The Irishman. Like that, it would just make me sad. I think. Like I, I hope that's what I hope comedy this is. To- how how humbling. Val yeah. Kilmer, is, I think this weekend is at the Hartford Funny Bone. Val Kilmer. Is Val Kilmer doing stand up. Doing stand up. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That drives me crazy. It's like you you were famous already for your one thing. You got to yeah. you got to try to get into this. How can is? I wonder if he's funny. I, I assume he must be. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to make I, I haven't worked with him, but I'm I've, worked with, that. I've worked with actors who tried to become yeah. comic. And what they basically do is like a multimedia show. Like they'll put up like right, right. PowerPoint uh, scenes, yeah. uh, right, uh, scenes and pictures. And they'll, and they'll, oh, very funny uh, story about this. Yeah. And they'll talk about that. And it won't well, you got funny. like like Judd Apatow who's, who's doing comedy now. But he was a comedian before. Well, I don't know if he was a comedian so much as he was really a huge fan of comedy in well, the he, sense he, he wrote he, for a ton of people. That's true. And. And obviously, like, all of his movies are comedic movies, basically. But, I mean, he was never, like, a stand-up, per se, I think as far he, as I'm aware. I think he was. I think he, no, I think he tried it, and it didn't, like, pan. Well, his mother then, his mother worked at a comedy club in Long Island, so he grew up around it. Governors? One of them. But if you watch, the, like, if you watch a special on Netflix, like, a lot of it is just talking about being famous and... and yeah. That kind of it's it's you it's know like social commentary. Well, it, yeah, it's just it's. I'm just curious, like if that's if there's a certain brand of comedy where it's like, hey, you guys all recognize me, so I'm just going to talk about myself under the lens of you know me and about me, and that's already fascinating in and of itself. To you. I feel like that's what like 65 to 75 percent of Dave Chappelle's new special is. Mm. Like I'm Dave Chappelle. I wouldn't argue that. You know. Yeah. I'll give you a weird guy I worked with. Yeah. Um, Rich Voss and I, we opened up for Lenny Dykstra. I love Rich Voss. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he Lenny, fucked up his life with gambling and inside Lenny, trading, right. and he he had he wrote a book which became a New York Times best bestseller. Yeah, and when he uh, released the book, um, and it was like it wasn't Simon and Schuster. It was one of the, it maybe it was Simon and Schuster. It was one of the, one of the big publishing Penguin. houses. And, no, it wasn't Penguin. Maybe it was Simon and Schuster. But anyway, one of the big publishing houses. Uh, they did a release uh, thing over at the Gramercy. Mm-hmm. Okay, you talk about humbling of, of comedy, right? 650 people on the opener, Voss, and then uh, Dystra comes out and he's being interviewed by Voss and, and another guy, right? 650 people have a good set. It's a lot of fun. I leave there a little early after, after my set. You know, I hung around, watched Voss to go over to the Grizzly Pear <laughs> to do a set for 15 people. Yeah. Which yeah. I, and, and I've heard that Grizzly Pear is now more difficult to like perform at because this damn thing was on crashing. Yes. So it's just, Very just true. like, Oh, that's well, now interesting. It's called the yeah, people comedy see. club. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Now it's a comedy club. You know, they did a good, I think it looks good in there. It's just, it, it looks a lot better than like, it did. Let's, uh, yeah. let's buy a up. proper microphone. It used to be, it, yeah, no. it used to be like a really bad microphone. Then they just piled up stuff in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they still have, they still have fans and, and yeah, but and nothing six, like it was. Amps. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like it was though. It was real bad. Um, they definitely cleaned it up big time. Yeah. Uh, so you're in this scene with Pacino. He's screaming at you. You told me another story about Pacino uh, getting out of the car and everything. Well, that that was an, a scene that we did, you know, uh, a couple weeks earlier, where it's me, Pacino, and uh, another guy, and I had just spent a couple of hours doing this big union scene, 
And um, now this this it's filmed out of sequence. So this I think yeah. this thing that's going to be prior to, to that. Uh, and I, I thought I thought like I was done or had a little bit of time, so I was going back to my trailer. You know, the PA comes over to me and says, "Hey, they need you on the set. Um, let me take you." And you had one PA devoted to you. I think she worked with like you know like like me and two other guys. Did you? Did, did, She's so sweet. Did the power go to your head? Did no. you ever want to sexually harass this person? Never, <laughs> because as comics, you know, we used to yeah. be treated like shit. Yeah. You know, I, I I couldn't have been more grateful. I probably was annoying by saying thank you. I was like yeah. Mike Buschetti. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, I get I get there and it's just like the first AD, you know, the, the crew. Al and 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 this other guy Bernie, right? And we we have to improv this scene because remember I improv yeah, you yeah. know in the audition we have to improv the scene. This is where my lines come in, mm-hmm. and the scenes were basically going to be getting out of a car, going through a mob of people. But before they bring the extras, they wanted to see our pacing, what we're going to do, where we're going to stand, how it looks. Because like you know, uh, what if I'm in front of this one guy and you can't see him? And that's what was the case. Mm-hmm. So he had to stand in front of me because mm-hmm. he was a little shorter guy. And how we're going to go and how long it's going to take to go from the car through the crowd. And so they can start drawing the, uh, you know, because he's on like on one of those wheelie things. Yeah. Okay. That's the technical. Term uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Bring in and, the wheelie okay. thing. So we, we rehearsed the scene a few times. Then they start bringing in the extras. And this is like every guy from Staten Island because now all the extras are all these guys who just want to be part of it. And they're like, hey, Al, welcome to the Bronx. <laughs> Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. <laughs> you know, everyone's doing that. Show. But Pacino. <laughs> He's a gentleman, man. Yeah. He handles it. This is what makes him a superstar. He handles it. He's graceful. He gives everyone that little piece of attention. Yeah. You know, and you, you learn. And the guy could be the hot, 77 years old, hardest working guy I've ever seen. Yeah. Like the scene that we did where he's motherfucking us, right? It's filmed from every different perspective. Yeah. One perspective is like from over his shoulder. He does not have to give us the lines. Right. You can, you you can, can have a stand this, in. This is late. This is after 9 But o'clock. he just gives it full intensity. He wanted us to look good. Yeah. That's yeah. what he says. He's like, because, you know, uh, uh, Scorsese said, you know, you can go if you want. He's like, no, I want, I want to make these guys look good. Oh, that's so and, cool. And, and, and he, he's, out of, he's out of hair and makeup. Yeah. And his hair's all crazy. He's, but he's still wearing the, the suit. And he's, he's doing the lines so, because that's where you're going to get all close-ups, all looks. Yeah. yeah. yeah, That's awesome. That's crazy to he's just great. be in the same scenes as fucking Carlito's way. Like, I was never nervous. It's insane. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. I was never nervous working you know, when yeah. we were working. Yeah. When the cameras weren't running and it's now downtime, that's when it's like – I'm going to say something stupid here. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's when the real Jeff Paul. Well, because when the cameras out. are running, you guys are on the same plane, more or exactly. less. Exactly. Yeah. That's the way I, I felt. I felt no matter where we were at this point in life, this is where we are. I deserve to be here. Yeah. When that, but now, like, when it's not, it's like, this is scent of a woman. This, you yeah. know, th- this is yeah. the Godfather, and I'm at the Grizzly Pair. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to take it all. Yeah, away. yeah. I mean, I feel that way now when I'm around comics who are way further along than me. Like sometimes I get shy about Thank interacting, you. and you know, just like if I'm, you know, at, at uh, like Greenwich, like I'll get late night spots occasionally. I mean, nobody major or anything, but like you know, it's like I'm the new guy. Well, I'm who not at Greenwich. Are you intimidated by? I, I don't even know. I, you know what I'm saying. Are like, you ready? No. I don't think anybody knows what you're saying. I just, I'm just not great. I'm not great at the green room hang. You know, like in the green room, I'm just like, yeah. I know what you mean. Actually. You're just kind of sitting there. Yeah, like I don't, I don't jump in as much. Yeah. So as, like, I used to go to LOL a lot because I, w- I was getting booked there quite a lot, and then the booker left, and like everybody that was Cisco? getting booked, yeah. yeah. Once he left, and everybody that he was booking is like no longer booked. It was like whoever was in the room at the time that he left was like, all right, you guys are still on the books, you know. But anyway, so, you know, you'd go and you'd hang out in that back room there and, uh, 
there were, yeah, everybody would always be chatting and, and, uh, but it was always like, I don't know. It was like, I would try to engage with people, but it was, it was kind of. But you guys have been around long enough. You know people. Yeah. But you know, yeah. And that's the thing where you would end up doing is you, you see somebody that you know better and you grav- gravitate towards them and like have a conversation kind of thing. But if it's, if it's a bunch of people in the room and you can tell that they've got like a history, then it's like, you don't yeah. want to interject yourself in that. You that's know? when yeah, you pretend well, you're looking at your phone or, 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 or you're writing stuff down. Yeah. You're, you're very hard at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but the fe- the specific fear of saying a joke that falls flat, like bombing in front of other comics, yeah. is the worst feeling yeah. in the world. I can go up in front of like an audience of like a hundred people and feel perfectly comfortable, but then I can go up in front of like ten comedians and be like, "Oh fuck," you know, yeah. because I I, I say know. open mics intimidate me more than doing a show. Yeah, yeah, shows a well attended show is like when it's easy and it's fun. Uh, so anyway, you're you're about to improv with Pacino. You got they're, yeah, they're so checking the, yeah, so the measurements on the walking. Yeah, no, we 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 we, did, we run that and it was that that was a tremendous. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to like have but that. But didn't he didn't he fuck with you at one point? Well, what, uh, what, what, oh, okay, yeah. What what happened was, um, he he makes you feel like very inclusive, right? Yeah. Like so, he uh, he goes, um, he he's doing like his his lines and stuff. I go, I go, I, I go. Is that how you're gonna do it? Uh huh. He's like, yeah, that's how I do it. <laughs> I go. So you're comfortable with doing it that way, right? He goes, listen, I've been doing it for fifty years. How long have you been doing it? I pretend to look at my watch. I go, 23 minutes. He goes, exactly. (laughs) So now we we run it, and and this took us like about about two hours. He comes over afterwards, smacks me in the stomach, and goes, nice job. Oh, that's so sweet. He was a very, very nice guy, very supportive. Scorsese, unbelievable. And I think this is what makes him great, is that he – kind of makes you feel that the choices that you're making are the right ones. Yeah. And it makes you free to kind of like not afraid to try something different, to experiment with, with something. Even something as, as easy as like like moving your hands, biting your lip, looking and then looking away. You know, certain little things yeah. like that where you feel like, hey this, hey, this wasn't a stupid choice. This was a good choice. So let me run with it a little bit yeah. more. He doesn't like negate something which will then like spin you out and take you out of the moment. He... He like yes ands you the whole time. Exactly, which my very first time in improv, okay, do, doing a show, you know, the first rule of improv is yes and. Yeah. Guy throws me something, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I dismiss that premise. Uh-huh. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really, that really generates a great scene. Yeah. yeah. So Marty we're, said, in the, we're in the, we're on the moon right now. No, 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 we're no, not. no, no, no. <laughs> the moon landing I was a feel the a moon. Hoax. Yeah. If, if, if I'm feeling moon. more my aunt's uh, living room. Mm-hmm. On the moon, though. Nope, not there. <laughs> uh, so Marty's just like a regular dude. He's, sounds like. He's, he's like a little Italian grandfather who, you know, is, is, is a genius when it comes to making movies and makes you feel very comfortable. Now, De Niro is in one of the scenes, in two of the scenes, right? And he's a completely different guy. Two the, scenes with you. Yeah. But he's like a main character. He's the main guy. He's, yeah. The name of the movie is The Irishman. He plays The Irishman. Uh, the character's name is Frank Sheridan. Um, but De Niro, he, he's just like very, like he's very quiet, very cerebral. Like, you know, you're coming in the morning. He's like, good morning. Yeah. Hello. Hello. That's the way he is. And when he's not uh, filming, he'll sit on his chair and just like sit there and read a book. Yeah. But this way, again, again, respect. Executive producer on the film, right? He comes late, you know. When we, you know, one day we, we, we're shooting, and you know, we it took a little while because he didn't get there yet. He apologizes to everybody. Fuck, you don't have to apologize, yeah. Rob. You know, but just to have that courtesy, that professionalism, and just like you know, seeing both these guys, different personalities, but how professional they were. Yeah, you know, 
it, it's it's a lesson changer. You know, it really is a, a lesson teacher. They really it really taught you how to kind of like act and carry yourself and what is professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a dream come true. Like like do, I don't know. Do you feel like how do, when you think about the Staten Island cable access TV show you did? Is that a lesson in just taking any opportunity that comes your way? Here's, like, here's what I say, you know, I always say, and I, I, I tell this like the comics who, who start now and everything. This is what I know for sure. I don't know a lot of stuff. I'm not the smartest guy, but I do know if I sit home, nothing's going to happen. I'm 100 percent sure yeah. that that nothing's going to happen. Okay, this is, that's why I'm out almost every night and I'm hustling. But if I do go out, you know. That's not going to happen every time, but maybe I find a tag on a joke. Mm-hmm. Maybe I come up with a premise of a joke that I can start working on. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'm just making my set tighter. Maybe I make a new friend. Maybe I make a new connection. Maybe somebody sees me and books me for something in the future. I know there's a possibility that something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but I know something's going to happen. I know I sit at home. Nothing's going to happen, yeah. and that scares me. Yeah. I, I could be missing out on something. I could be missing out on an opportunity. Like a lot of my friends, like tease me, like you know, if there was a if there was a, a show in a phone booth, you know, that's an old reference, by the way. Like, if there's <laughs> there a show in a phone things. booth, you would do it. I was like, if I had the time, yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't think. I think when you do comedy, you're either one of two people. Either you have a tremendous ego, or you have no ego. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm I'm the latter. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I have mm-hmm. no ego, and I I never feel like I'm a, I'm above. Or uh, below anything else. Yeah, I think I'll I'll do a mic. I'll do I'll do a theater show. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so you've worked with Rick Rick Voss and uh, Jim Florentine. The, Florentine, you know, I'm, I'm with. Yeah, just some of the names that you've said on this podcast makes it probably our most Italian episode that <laughs> yeah. we've ever <laughs> yeah. we've ever had. Well, I'm going to be working with a Jew uh, coming up. I'm with uh, uh, Bobby Collins coming up. Oh, that's is great! Oh shit, Bobby Collins. Yeah, I used to March I did his 1st. website for a number of years. Did you? Yeah, no before way. I started comedy, really? I did Bobby Collins' site. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, a friend of mine. Uh, uh, kind of put me in touch with him. It was just like, hey, he needs a website, and I, it was it was in all in Flash. Wow, <laughs> yeah. So Jeff that was Paul when, knows what that means. That was when Flash was still a thing. Yeah. Jeff was talking to me before while you were dealing with your computer problems. Jeff doesn't understand. It's actually one of my. It's actually yeah. one of my favorite websites I ever did. Was was a Bobby Collins site. Cool, because it was just kind of creative and and fun. Anyway, that's my association with Bobby, great, and he would call me guy, up and man. be like, hey, you got to, I need you to change this thing or whatever. He's, su- he's super nice, isn't he? Yeah, it? he's very nice. Super nice guy. Does like he's, he does like he he's works like crazy. Like and he does a lot of um cruises and stuff like that. Does everything. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you a great Bobby Collins story. Yeah. Okay. Every year, um since I've been doing stand up, you know, I've used it to kind of like raise money for uh pediatric cancer. Mm. Okay. And we do this big fundraiser every year, you know, right before Thanksgiving. And um you know, we raise a lot of money and we and we give it to Columbia Presbyterian Hopes and Heroes. Um, so I book like a, a really like solid show, and the Monday before, I just you know just get in touch with everybody, just you know just to, hey checking in, just making sure that we're good. I do my check ins. My headliner is like, hey man, uh, um, like uh, everything good. We'll see you Saturday. Well, what Saturday? We have the show. The show's been sold out for months. I'm in Florida. Oh, I go yeah, but you know the show. It's Monday. We'll we'll see you Saturday. Nah, man, I'm in Florida. You know, this is on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, well, you knew that there's going to be a show. Yeah, but I'm living in Florida now. I go, well, you're going to tell me? Did you move to Florida yesterday? <laughs> right. And you were going to call me tonight? He's Name like, yeah. names, Jeff. Who was it? It was Angel Salazar. 
<laughs> I called him a fucking jerk off. Okay, and and now and now I'm I'm uh, who are you? Only Francis with the name names. Okay, <laughs> obscure reference, right? So. Uh, comics will know. Yeah. Facebook comics will know. So, so, so now uh, I'm, I'm like, I don't have a headline. And I have a great show anyway. I have Robin Fox on the show. I have Anthony DeVito on the show. Joanne Filan is hosting. I don't book myself. Okay. Why not? Because, I mean, who, who needs to see me? You know, yeah. I, I put these great comics on the show. And now I need, I need a headliner. I don't and, understand the point of producing a show. If you're a comedian, doing all that producing work and not – Doing a set yourself. I mean, isn't that well, the whole you, point of it? Yeah, but usually, sometimes what I'll do is like you know, with that show, I'll book it, and I'll, I'll usually have something else going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like this year, I had I did a uh, I had two two shows. That'll be I a nice problem to have when you put together like an amazing like lineup of comics, and then you you have a, little, a more come, important show. And I'll come <laughs> I'll, and I'll come at the end. So I I didn't have a headliner. I'm going through names and everything, and it's like it's it's less than a week, and I need like a real good name, and everyone's going to be booked. And I happened to call Bobby Collins, like, Bobby, I go, any chance you're in New York? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm coming out on Friday for uh, a private. I'm not leaving until, I think, Monday, I think he said. He goes, and I'm and Saturday, he goes, I'm just doing an early set at the cellar. He goes, if you come and grab me, I'll do it. Yeah. And the guy comes in and does it and destroys. I mean, destroys beyond destroying. And he sells a lot of merch because his daughter has autism, and, mm-hmm. he's, and he raises money for this camp. But he, so he sells merch, and he volunteers to donate twenty five percent of his merch to the Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Oh, that's great! That's awesome. He's such a good guy, yeah. And gave gave a great show. And you, you strike know. me as a person that probably attracts just like good good people. Like you mentioned, Dombrowski and Goatee and all those guys. They're, they're all yeah, good just guys. like solid solid dudes, right? You know, you like someone who's going to be like upfront in this business. A lot of people out for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to be, like, dismissive. And I think you want to try and be as benevolent as possible to people. I always have been. And the people who are kind of, like, transparent, you know, in a negative way, I, you keep them out of on, arm's distance. Sure. But, like, guys like Dombrowski are, like, like you said, solid, salt-of-the-earth guys, 100% yeah. real. And, like, you know, those are people I kind of, like, who tend to be my friends. Yeah. Jeff, will you want to tell the people what you got going on in the month of uh, February? Yeah, when does this air? Uh, in the month of February, we'll be out. <laughs> It'll probably we'll be, be out, out this in, a, week? in, in about next, a week. Yeah, about I would say in a week. All right. So what I got coming up? Um, he's got the notebook. He's got yes. the reading glasses down low on his nose right now. February twenty first, I'm going to be at Parks Casino. Oh. February twenty second, I'll be shooting a pilot for CBS Sports. Nice. Wow, and nice. February twenty third, I'll be at the Eagles Nest in Bloomfield, uh, New York, and then. Uh, March 1st, I'm in New Jersey someplace with, with Bobby Collins. Check out my uh, Facebook page. I'll have it posted. I want to know about this Eagle's Nest gig. I've been to the Eagle's Nest. That's like up in like Ulster County. Isn't I've, I've go never Eagle's been Nest. Is it a good place? <laughs> uh, I, if it's what I'm thinking of, yeah, it's a nice like catering hall. Yeah. It should ne- be fun. I've never been there, but I'm looking forward to doing it. Well, right, folks, man. go out and check out what uh, what uh, Jeff Paul's got going on. Thank you so much for coming on to the pod. Ah, and, man, and, you guys and, are the best. Uh, you know, there's a great story. I feel like... We just basically had you tell your story. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. So on much it. more. Thank you. Can't yes. wait to see the film. Um, Appreciate it. Guys, uh, you've been listening to the Comics Table Podcast. I am uh, Sweet Tea. Yeah, and I'm Sweet Pea. And uh, we love you listening. Keep, keep it up. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.